This is episode number 91 of Unfolding Words, The Power of Knowing Who You Are. My name is Antracia Moorings, and welcome to my weekly podcast, where I share biblical truth to offer light for your walk and life for your soul. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. I know a lot of you used to listen when you were doing your regular routines pre-quarantine days, like working out or maybe on your commute to work or your lunch break, maybe on a walk after work. And a lot of our regular routines no longer exist, but many of you are still tuning in. And I just want to say thank you. I do appreciate that. So this week, we're going to talk about our identity in Christ and why it is so important. And from the beginning, the book of Genesis, identity has been a topic that has been attacked by the enemy. So we know that the serpent came to Eve and he said to her, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And then he told her that she shouldn't eat from it because God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. But the thing is, they were already created in the image of God. So the serpent was attacking the identity that they were already gifted with by God. And the same thing is happening today. If our identity was not a big deal, then there would be no need for it to be attacked. It would be a non-issue. And in the book of Ezra, I told you I was reading through that. And this is another part of the book of Ezra that kind of stopped me in my tracks. So after the people returned from exile and returned to build the temple, we see that their identity comes up immediately in chapter number two. So I'm going to read from verses 59 through 63 of chapter number two. The following were those who came up from Telmea, Telharsha, Cherub, Adon, and Emmer, though they could not prove their father's houses or their descent, whether they belonged to Israel. The sons of Delea, the sons of Tobiah, and the sons of Nakoda, also of the sons of the priests, the sons of Habiah and the sons of Hekaz, and the sons of Barzillai, who had taken a wife from the daughters of Barzillai the Giladite, and was called by their name. These sought their registration among those enrolled in the genealogies, but they were not found there, and so they were excluded from the priesthood as unclean. The governor told them that they were not to partake of the most holy food until there should be a priest to consult Urim and Thummim. So we know from as early back as Exodus that these Jewish families were diligent about keeping their records of descent. This is why there's so many genealogies in the Bible. So from what we see in these verses, there were people who could not prove their descent. And the main problem with this is that it would have been hard for them to prove their right to the land in Israel. So there were some who were believers who were circumcised and who believed in God, who became a part of the Israelite nation. But there were some who were Israelites or Hebrews by birth who could not prove their genealogy. So those who couldn't prove their genealogy were considered like those who were believers who were sort of grafted in and got the rights of and privileges of the Israelite nation because they believed in the true and living God. But they couldn't do things like seal the covenant or supervise the building of the wall in Jerusalem. They could not take on these roles because they couldn't prove that they were part of the Jewish descent. 
So there were two things they couldn't do. They couldn't trace their lineage to their forefathers house in Israel, and they could not prove that they were descendant from Israelites. So it could have been that they were born from earlier exile so that they had been in Babylon so long that they could not trace their history back. And so the only way that they had to prove their Jewishness was to name cities or districts that they knew that these previous exiles came from. So all of this trying to prove your genealogy goes back to Moses' time. So Moses counted the Israelites in the first Exodus. And then here in Ezra 2, we have a census of the second Exodus, those Israelites who came back home after 50 years of exile. And every name and every number that's listed in this book is bittersweet because some families had lost so many loved ones and some families had hardly any survivors. And a lot of these families were divided because there were some who wanted to return and there were some who wanted to stay in Babylon because that's where they grew up. That's what they knew. They were familiar and comfortable. And then some families weren't even sure if they were originally from Judah, which were the two southern tribes, or if they were from Babylon. So these are the ancestors of the faith. These are the people who had to adapt to a new culture and a new land, while at the same time trying to remember and hold on to their identity and to the home that they were taken from. And one of the biggest issues is that there were priests who not, who could not prove their ancestry. This meant that they were left out from the priestly office and all the benefits that came with it, like the tithe, and they could accept parts of the offering and sacrifices for those particular areas of the priesthood that they served. And because they were not part of the priesthood, even though they thought that they were, they may have been liable to pay taxes. But they had to stick to only priests who could prove their genealogy because those who did not have a right to be a priest would be seen as polluting the temple and the office of the priesthood. So they were basically unfit to serve, even though they believed that their genealogy pointed to them being part of the priesthood. But like I mentioned before, they could be accepted as part of the Israelite nation, simply because they believed and were circumcised. And another issue is that because the 10 northern tribes, Israel, had been scattered and dispersed for such a long time, their identity as Hebrews became diluted because a lot of them intermarried. They didn't know their culture. They didn't stick to the high holy days. And then the Jews of Judah, which were the two southern tribes who stuck more closely to the Hebrew culture and religion, began to think of themselves as the only surviving Jews of Israel. So they thought that they were the representatives of Israel, all 12 tribes of Israel, and not just the two tribes of Judah and Benjamin. So these 10 northern tribes who were scattered were considered non-Jews, like they didn't even have a part in the genealogy. And so a tradition began that those who returned from the Babylonian exile were only considered Jews if they came from the southern tribes of Judah. This is what these people were saying was considered to be Israel. But this is not really true. They were not 
the only Israelites, because the book of Ezekiel talks about a day when the 10 tribes of Ephraim, Israel, would eventually join with Judah to reform all of Israel. So let's look at Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 11 through 14, which supports this. So a lot of people read this chapter and apply it to themselves personally, that God is going to take the dry bones of their life and revive them. But the context of this is speaking about the house of Israel, the nation of Israel, and how God is going to bring them all together. So I'm going to start reading at verse number 11. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord, behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will put my spirit within you and you shall live and I will place you in your land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken and I will do it, declares the Lord. God chose all of Israel, not just the southern tribes, those that descended from Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. All of these were his people. And we see that Moses told the Israelites in Deuteronomy 7 and 6, For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. And then he goes on to tell them that it was not because of anything special in them, nothing special that they did, but because of God's promise to their forefathers. And then he said, know therefore that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps his covenant and his loving kindness to a thousand generation with those who he loves and keeps his commandments, but repays those who hate him to their faces to destroy them. And these verses serve as a foundation to why there are these lists of names in Ezra chapter two. Ancestry was so important to being a Jew and being a Jew was essential to being part of the covenant nation. So the temple servants and the sons of Solomon's servants were probably not native Jews, but were foreigners who were brought in to do a lot of the menial tasks of the temple. But they accepted the covenant of circumcision and they believed in the true and living God. And because of this, they could be included in Israel. But even though they believed and were part of the work of the temple, ancestry was still important. So in Ezra chapter two, those 652 people who could not prove their ancestry were singled out and were given the same standing as circumcised foreigners. But they lacked a legitimate grounds for claiming their tribal lands, which were handed out by Joshua in the book of Joshua. So that's why it's important for them to know their ancestry, because you knew the role that you played. If you knew what tribe you belonged to, your identity was established for you. But if you didn't know, then you were just considered like a foreigner who believed and you were grafted in, but you didn't really have a significant role. So fast forward to the New Testament. This is where the Jews had taken their ancestry too far. It led them to a place of pride where 
their pedigree and their heritage was what was most important. And it put them on a pedestal in their own minds when it came to the Gentiles who also believed in God. So they believe that their pedigree is what led them to right standing with God. But John the Baptist, in a way that only he could, confronted them and said, Therefore, bear fruits in keeping with repentance and do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham for our father. For I say to you that from these stones, God is able to raise up children to Abraham. That's Luke chapter three, verse eight. And then Jesus told Nicodemus about the importance of being born again, but not the importance of being a Jew by heritage. So Jesus made this point in John chapter three. Paul makes the same point that is those who are of the faith of Abraham, who are true children of God. So the proof that we are God's chosen people is not our physical birth. It's not our heritage. It's not the fact that you're born a Jew, but it's the new birth through faith in Jesus Christ. And this is the reason why in the book of Peter, second Peter, that Peter gives us a list of qualities that we need to have to add to our faith. And it says in second Peter, therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and his choosing you. So the registry of the Jewish genealogies was a type of list that really mattered because it gave way to the Lamb's book of life where those who believe that's where their name is written. So make sure that your name is written there. So our identity in Jesus is no longer tied to records that can be tampered with or lost We have names in the Lamb's book of life, so our identity is firm and sure. And our identity is tied to our purpose, just like in the Old Testament. Those priests who knew their heritage and their genealogy knew exactly how to serve. So when we know what our identity is, when we know who we are, knowing why God made us and then walking that out will be easier for us. And in the book of Ezra, chapter two, the list shows us the variety of service The priests, the Levites, the singers, the doorkeepers, the temple servants, each had a specific duty to perform to keep the whole operation running smoothly. Some were more visible than others. Some were up front while others were in the background. But nobody's role was less important than the others. And even in the church today, every member has been given a spiritual gift to exercise in serving the Lord for his glory. So remember You have a heritage in Jesus Christ. If your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, your identity is secure. And God wants you to know your identity, to rejoice in it, and to walk out the calling that he's placed on your life. That's it for this week's episode of Unfolding Words. If you're enjoying, please share with a friend. And you can reach out to me on social media and let me know you're listening. I'm on Facebook at Unfolding Words and on Twitter at unfolding underscore words and on Instagram at unfolding words. Would love to hear from you. That's it. Until next week, may God's word be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. God bless you.